You are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Hunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome, my name is JL Davis, Pembrokeshire-loving author of the number one best-selling true account that is haunted horror of Haverford West and founder of theparanormalchronicles.com. Tonight is UFOs and Chernobyl and mind-blowing UFO information. Thank you for joining me on my ongoing quest to explore all things supernatural and spiritual. Our series is growing so fast and we hope you're enjoying our episodes from people who have had UFO close encounters, terrifying paranormal activity and Bigfoot interaction. Our series really has everything a paranormal enthusiast could ever want. This series is brought to you by sick-books.com. Sick-books is a world of reading on books from the supernatural to the spiritual. Visit sick-books.com today and open your mind. Make sure you follow so you never miss an episode, plus our followers get entered into a prize draw to win books every month. Listen to episode 14, The Owlman of Haverford West, on how you can win an Amazon voucher this summer. So press follow now. Make sure to read your free Digital Paranormal Chronicles magazine at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Yes, it is free and we love giving you free stuff. If you have a story, theory or experience to share, then visit the Paranormal Chronicles on Instagram or Facebook, tweet at Paracron or email paranormalchronicles at aol.com on tonight's show. Were UFO seen at Chernobyl the night of the infamous disaster? What was happening across the world as this disaster was unfolding? What is the true nature of alien visitation? What is their purpose? What is their plan? We are honoured to introduce best-selling author Richard Lawrence, who has penned the international bestsellers, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, Unlock Your Psychic Powers and Contact with the Gods from Space, who sat down with me to give a startling interview on the true nature of alien involvement on our planet. Richard Lawrence is a man with knowledge that will blow your mind in the most wonderful way possible. After the show, visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk for more information on how you can be part of the incredible events he is about to describe. So, on with the show. So, let's start with a big question, Richard. Are extraterrestrials friendly and how more advanced are they than us? I think the idea which some people do put about, and I could name names, but I won't, that they are the alien beings, the interplanetary intelligences are hostile, is ludicrous, actually. I mean, if they were, we would definitely know. I mean, they would, there'd be no problem for them whatsoever in coming to our world, some of them at least, and conquering it if that's what they wish to do or uh, destroy they wouldn't have to do some of these isolated cases that are attributed to ufos of you know damaging cattle and etc they could easily take over this planet some of them i'm not saying all of them uh, if they were hostile and if that was their intent clearly they are they must be friendly uh, just in order to to leave us in the state we're in those people who've seen ufos and i believe there are millions of people who've seen ufos um, they will have seen that in certain cases that these craft have vastly superior technology to ours clearly they have a plan uh, this isn't new it's very ancient you can find it in the oldest scripts in my book ufos and the extraterrestrial message i go into in one chapter some of the ancient texts both Eastern and Western uh, religious texts mainly, but also some indigenous tribal traditions and so forth. And it's a common theme that we have been visited through the ages. And clearly they have some plan. They don't wish to invade us because they could have done that. And they don't wish to force everybody to believe in them because they could do that too. I think in my own opinion, intelligent people who've looked into it would believe in them but they've left it with if you like up to our free will and so i would say yes they're friendly but also they are preparing for a time when they will come openly and prove themselves and then we will have a very big choice to make 
Okay, so a lot of people are going to ask, if there are alien life forms out there, why don't they just land openly in, say, Hyde Park or Central Park? Yeah, that's all part of their, their plan. I mean, there have been, as I'm sure you found, sensational uh, UFO sightings. Uh, there have been uh, examples. I, I mean, just to name one, as, a, as some of them are published in, in the UFOs and the extraterrestrial message, some government documents, which both from Russia and America, which show that they have uh, supernormal capabilities. Um, they they have demonstrated themselves in history. I mean, the Bible, just to name one source, is full of these craft and their capabilities, and even more so, actually, the Hindu scripts, uh, where they, they perform amazing feats, and then they're clearly controlled extraterrestrial craft. But, as I said earlier, they have a plan. They are waiting for their, that time. They are superb psychologists. They know the effect it will have. They know this hostility. Uh, we know, for example, that the Americans have attempted to fire missiles at UFOs. That's uh, CIA documentation, etc. So they are waiting for a time when it's going to have the most beneficial effect on the world as a whole. And that's why they haven't yet landed openly, as you say, in Hyde Park or Central Park. Yeah, fair enough. And what is the purpose of their visitations? We in the Ethereum Society and we and, and our founder, Dr. George King, who is the most amazing uh, person, because I knew him very well, he's a close friend of mine, also a great teacher, and also uh, a medium or channel uh, for communications from other worlds and was for a period of 43 years in regular contact between 1954 and his passing in 1997. And he actually outlined why they come, but not only why they, they, they come now, but why they've come through history and revealed one of the most amazing facts. And it's not unique, though, this concept. You'll find this concept elsewhere, but he went into more detail about it, that some of the great spiritual figureheads through history have actually been extraterrestrial. I mean, yeah. Jesus is uh, an obvious example. And of course, the star of Bethlehem cannot have been a star. It was clearly, if you believe in the Star of Bethlehem, some kind of controlled space vehicle. Uh, a star can't pinpoint a stable. We, we, the whole world would have just been destroyed before we he got near to a stable. Yeah. Um, so he's one, but also Buddha, also Sankacharya, also Confucius, um, Heracles or Hercules, others through history. Samson is another, and I could name Moses is another. So some of these great spiritual figureheads through history have come from other worlds, and perhaps most controversially, it's my belief, although he didn't publicly say this, that Dr. George King too uh, came from another world. So Dr. George King has had a huge influence on your research. Could you give us a bit more background on who he was yeah, and how he's sure. influenced so much? Yeah, well, I, actually, I'm thrilled to say that um, for several years now, uh, I've been working on the biography of Dr. George King, uh, and my co-author on that is Brian Kniep, who uh, is the secretary of the American headquarters. I'm the secretary of the European headquarters. We have two headquarters in the Ethereum Society. And he was a very close disciple of Dr. King, especially in his latter years. And together, we've been writing this biography. And I must say, although I was already... Um, you know, great, a massive admirer of Dr. King, as well as a close friend and disciple, my opinion of him has gone up and up and up during the course of writing this biography, which is coming out later this year, actually. Um, he was born in 1919 uh, in uh, Shropshire, and he was very much an Englishman, you could say, uh, spent most of his childhood in the north of England, actually, um, northern Yorkshire, mainly. And he, of course, one of the first challenges that faced him was the outbreak of the Second World War. Um, he was a Quaker. His family had a tradition of, of Quakerism. His father um, had actually been um, in the medical corps in the First World War for that reason. And Dr. King was in the fire services in the Second World War uh, in a dangerous place in the Blitz. But he was 
a conscientious objector for spiritual reasons yeah. and he was a psychic already and um, a deep thinker you might say from childhood and in fact some of the memories of his sister are, are really remarkable from that whole period but after the war so he'd be around 26 years old something like that he turned to yoga and when he turned to yoga and I do mean here the whole wide vast philosophy the advanced philosophy of yoga not just some exercises for your health or something yeah. like that the whole philosophy of it and the practice of it he turned with vigor he he was practicing it eight hours a day on top of his, uh, a job he had to work he didn't have his own money he had to do various jobs one of which was driving but his focus was on yoga and he continued this for 10 years and during that period he became extremely advanced uh, he, he had what you might call powers uh, of varying kinds, uh, levitation, astral projection, uh, mediumship, psychic abilities of various kinds and so on. But his focus wasn't on powers. His focus was on service. He was a healer. Uh, but his mate, he was really waiting for his mission to begin. And then he was contacted uh, by his master, as it turned out, his own master. I uh, don't know that he knew it then, but as that became clear much later, uh, who was given the name Ethereus, hence you have the Ethereus Society. And that first contact that he had in 1954 was an audible contact where he actually heard the voice physically, not, it, not a, a psychic voice. And this was really a command to him to start on his mission, which he did. Uh, he was, because he was so advanced, uh, he could enter a state known in the East as Samadhi, and he used that to become the channel. You know, it's easy. I know lots of people, especially nowadays, say, well, I channel this master, that master, etc. Um, in order to, and I do mediumship myself, but in, in order to channel a very advanced intelligence, you have to yourself be in a very advanced state of consciousness while you're doing it i'm sure you're, you're familiar with that Gav. so yeah. you can get a really good psychic uh, who can be very good and accurate but maybe contact your aunt maybe contact your uncle um couldn't sort of contact i don't know count saint germain or something like this because of the level of consciousness that would be required by the medium in order yeah. to do that so all this 10 years of yoga then paid off and he was able to enter this uh, mediumistic state in Samadhi. And then he brought through hundreds of transmissions. That's a kind of a long-winded answer. But his mission began then as virtually their voice. And he was given various missions to perform. But all of them were focused on service to humanity as a whole. And especially, I would say, to the planet, the Mother Earth. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you so much for explaining that. But why was Dr. George King chosen as a primary terrestrial mental channel and not someone else? You know, I it's, it's a good question. And I just don't think there are a lot of people out there now or then who are capable of a entering somatic trance at all. It's extremely rare. I mean, I've been doing yoga for a long time and I've had some wonderful experiences myself, but I wouldn't claim to be able to enter somatic trance at will. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's a, a very rare feat. So I don't think they had a great list to choose from to start with. Um, secondly, I they knew his abilities. And as I mentioned earlier, in my own view, he was one of them anyway. And they would have known he was their agent sent to Earth. And I think all those are reasons. But if you just go on the practical reason, you had to have somebody who was in the West, who was capable of entering that state of consciousness, who had the sufficient training, who was sufficiently fit and young enough. And I doubt there were any other candidates at all, but I could be wrong. But I haven't heard of any who, who could do that, who were in that position at that time. And he was also born during a time of tremendous change as well. If you look at it, you know, the, the world wars and 
society was changing and he was witness to all of that as well yes he was and the war war had a massive effect on him because as i mentioned he was in the fire service he was in the blitz and he used his psychic powers in that period to sort of help to find bodies in the rubble and he was a section leader he could he he combined it all but it had this massive effect upon him and he he just wasn't interested as you could say of other avatars before him and i do believe he was an avatar uh, he just wasn't interested in, you know, inverted commas and ordinary life, um, you know, just sort of being a successful in money and having a family and the, and, and the things that, you know, most people strive for, I suppose. Uh, he he wanted to uh, go higher, let me say, uh, and, yeah. and make a massive difference in the world. And he did. Well, moving on to something that is profoundly relevant right now. Could you tell our listeners about the Chernobyl incident that took place in 1986? Yeah, well, that was like a, a really interesting event. And I think I can do best by just reading a bit of UFOs and the extraterrestrial message. Please, thank you. Which describes it. it. It's the opening of actually of chapter eight. And this is how it starts. Early on the morning of April the 25th, 1986, I awoke in the beautiful surroundings of a hotel that commanded panoramic views of Lake Powell in Arizona. I was part of a team led by Dr. King, and our task was to perform the Saturn mission in cooperation with extraterrestrial beings. I was called to Dr. King's room after breakfast and was with him when he received a message from an interplanetary communicator at 9.30 a.m. local time. During this mental transmission, Dr. King received instructions from a spacecraft designated Satellite Number 3 to activate some apparatus at the Ethereum Society's American headquarters in Los Angeles in order to send out spiritual power to the world. This was to be the longest and most concentrated series of emergency operations of this apparatus, a spiritual energy radiator, that had been conducted up to that time and it was to begin in 30 minutes time, 9 a.m. Los Angeles time, exactly. Four hours and 23 minutes later, at 1.23 p.m. LA time, which was 1.23 a.m. on April the 26th, Moscow time, a tremendous explosion blew the roof and upper walls off a building housing a nuclear reactor. This was the catastrophe now generally referred to by the name of its location, the Chernobyl disaster, described as the worst nuclear reactor accident in history. And it occurred four hours and 53 minutes after an interplanetary communicator had warned Dr. King of a pending emergency situation. And all I can say is that we pub I'm now, that's the, the excerpt I was reading, but we published in that year, in 1986, in July actually, in our journal, Cosmic Voice, that these emergency operations were performed to reduce the impact of the accident. And, and I'm now quoting, shocking events which had been foreseen by the Cosmic Masters who called upon their primary terrestrial mental channel, who had in turn activated his own resources of the spiritual energy radiator and terrestrial equipment of the Saturn mission in an outpouring of high-frequency, environment-stabilizing and life-saving spiritual energy such as the world had seldom seen. So we published that in the year. Now, if I could just read on to what happened Of course, happened this later. is fascinating, Richard. Please carry on. So this is another excerpt now from, from UFOs and the extraterrestrial message. 16 years later, on September the 16th, 2002, the Russian journal Pravda published a most extraordinary report. This stated that while the explosion at Chernobyl on April the 26th, 1986, was very large, it was luckily only a thermal blast. The fourth power generating unit, was basically destroyed by overheated steam, but there was no nuclear explosion. At the time, the reactor contained approximately 180 tons of enriched uranium, and had a large blast occurred, half of Europe would currently not be depicted on any maps, it said. Even more remarkably, Pravda theorized that this apparent stroke of luck was due to help from a UFO 
which had been seen by hundreds of people for some six hours hovering above the fourth generating unit of the Chernobyl plant. An eyewitness described it as a ball of fire slowly flying in the sky, some 20 to 26 feet in diameter. He described how two rays of crimson light stretched towards the fourth unit, while the object was some 300 yards from the re reactor. This event lasted for about three minutes before the lights from the UFO disappeared and it flew off in a northwesterly direction. Pravda concluded that the UFO brought the radiation level down, decreasing it by almost four times, and it was this that prevented a nuclear blast. The Russian journal surmised that alien beings are worried about the planet's environment and in this they could not be more correct. This is a typical example of how the Cosmic Masters work. By communicating through a proven channel, Dr. King, and receiving the cooperation of people in this world who act in the light of their warning, karma is manipulated for the benefit of humanity as a whole. This in turn enables such intelligences to intervene more directly in our affairs. And as in this case, save numerous lives and the environment as a whole from far worse destruction than actually occurred. Many tragic casualties resulted from the Chernobyl disaster, but even some of the most conservative commentators who would not begin to accept a theory of extraterrestrial intervention have concurred that it was amazing that the consequences for the world as a whole were relatively so small. We will be right back after these important messages. Hi there, my name is Claire Waters and I would like to invite you on an incredible journey. I have written a book based on my personal experiences called Raising Faith, a true story of raising a child psychic medium. It's my family's extraordinary experiences with our young daughter's ability to communicate with spirits and the inspirational lessons learned on our journey. Raising Faith is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle and wherever books are sold. Join me on this beautiful and incredible adventure. For more information on Raising Faith, visit my website, raisingfaith.co.uk, or my Facebook page, Raising Faith Book. See you there. Sixth Books will take you to other worlds, haunt you, open your mind, and push you far beyond the veil of the unknown. Sixth Books is a leading publisher of books on the body, mind, and spirit, the paranormal, consciousness, ancient wisdom, and the afterlife. Explore today, learn today, open your mind today, read today. Visit sixth-books.com today. The world as you know it is about to change. Do you wish for more paranormal and spiritual content? The Paranormal Chronicles magazine is a free digital magazine crammed with the very best in paranormal and spiritual articles and features. No sign-up, no subscription, just free reading and knowledge for you. Read today at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. The International Chart Topping Haunted Horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real a must read shocking and chilling brilliance genuinely worrying utterly frightening don't read before bed described as one of the spookiest writers out there best-selling author gl davies presents haunted horror of haverford west the true paranormal account that is shocking the world dare you enter dare you read haunted Horror of Haverford West is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. Pray you never have to live there. That's absolutely incredible. Well, you know, you're the second uh, program I've sort of done an in-depth. I did a, an in-depth with George Norrie, our good friend over at Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast, this. yeah. And it's, it is an amazing story. I was there. I witnessed it. Um, I was already familiar with a Russian atomic accident, which Dr. King had published in uh, 1958 uh, that had occurred and he had no knowledge of it at all. And he'd published it. And this was verified 
18 years later in New Scientist, the scientific yeah. magazine. Um, and in fact, they've, some people say that you know, there, are, there is evidence of, of it being published earlier than this. But certainly it hadn't come Dr. King's way and it hadn't come the New Scientist's way because they called it a scoop. And it took me two years to get the New Scientist to admit they'd been scooped by Dr. King, uh, which they did. On April the 27th, 1978, I think I'm right with the date, um, they actually published the fact that they were scooped by UFO. It's a tiny little paragraph in New Scientist, but you can find it there. So in that case, he'd sort of published the details. But in this case, in the Chernobyl case, he didn't know uh, that it was going to be in Chernobyl. It was only half an hour before it happened. He knew it was going to happen, and he did something more important than publish about it after the event, he cooperated to reduce the impact. And I do remember, because with him throughout this period in Arizona, that the world as a whole didn't really know about Chernobyl for several days. Yeah. And I think it was three or four days before the world, I think it came out through Finland, some journalist revealed it there. They picked up something. The and, nuclear power plant in Sweden or Finland yeah, okay, uh, yes. recorded very high radiation levels because they right. thought they were having a meltdown, but it turned yeah. out it was the radiation coming exactly. from Chernobyl. Exactly. And I, an interesting little thing happened. I do remember the Pope at the time, whichever Pope it was, I think it may have been John Paul II, I'm not sure, but he anyway then announced you know, the need for prayers and so on. But this was like four days after it happened, by, during which time you know, at the Ethereum Society we'd been sending out these hours and hours of, of spiritual energy in cooperation with uh, Satellite Number 3, and I, I, you know, this Pravda story of these witnesses, I had no idea of until 2002 when it came out. And, and the fact that there'd been witnesses seeing a UFO there reducing the impact uh, with its crimson beams, it was absolute revelation. And of course, Dr. King had physically passed on by then, but it was some confirmation of something we claimed and we claimed in print and can prove it in 1986. Do you think this was influenced by the cosmic masters? Like, who are they and what is their message? I think it, it's, you know, it's there is one thing that I believe, um, Gavin, and I, I'm not sure where, how you would feel about this, but I think the spiritual aspect, I, I'm coming to your question, but I think this is an important aspect to it, is vital in the UFO movement. And I was very pleased, actually, when, when UFOs and the extraterrestrial message came out in America, which I think was 2011, I, I went on a, a short tour over there, and I did a number of talks, and some of them were held by an organi organization called MUFON. Yes. And the organizers that I met there, they said to me that although for a lot of them, they didn't believe in the spiritual aspect. They did recognize it was a, a vital strand within ufology, that it had to be represented. And hence, they invited me and they were very open minded. And I got you know, a very pleasant reception. Now, I say that because 20, 30 years ago, say at the time of Chernobyl, for example, that wouldn't have happened, not just with MUFON. There was a massive division. You may or may not remember this, but between what they call the nuts and bolts UFO people and spiritual organizations like ours, and they didn't want the two to meet. It's my view. You cannot really be a, a, a knowledgeable or a qualified, if that's the word, ufologist unless you know about certain people such as George Adamski, just to name one. Of course. And another one is Dr. George King. You may not believe in him, but you, you would have to recognize he is a major strand, a vital strand in the whole development of ufology and UFOs. Oh, definitely, knowledge. definitely. And, and so this is why I'm hoping that when the biography comes out, people will look at it in that way. But to answer your question about the cosmic masters and so on, so the cosmic masters, they will use, if that's the correct word, the efforts, the responses of human beings in order to help us. It's, it's the old principle of every step we take towards them, they can take two towards us. So if you have a group of people through one of their agents, Dr. George King, who are willing to cooperate with directions to work 
in sending out energy to the world, for example, uh, through the spiritual energy radiators that we have, they can also, as well as the energy going out, that can manipulate karma, to use a, a phrase Dr. King virtually invented, actually, in a positive way. For the world as a whole and this means they can intervene more so coming back to the first questions you know in this interview when will they land openly when will they come among us it all depends on us if governments lie about them and they used to lie brazenly i've saw, seen recently that donald trump has done a comment where he's more neutral he's not particularly yeah. a believer but he hasn't dismissed it either that's progress in itself i suppose of a kind but the more open that people are, the closer they can come to, to us, the more we do. I mean, we've experienced this many times. We, we go to a, a hill in Devon called uh, Holston Down, which we believe is a, a holy site, actually charged by the Master Jesus. We're going there at the end of July, as a matter of fact. And people are welcome to join us if they wish to. Uh, it, it's near Coombe Martin in North Devon. But we went there on one occasion to send out energy to the cosmic masters, the beings from other planets. And I just want to stress here, by the way, that when we say masters, it doesn't mean they're all male in gender. Um, they could be above gender, as we know it, as a matter of fact. Um, but it's just a term that's used generally. Likewise, ascended masters, they're not all male. You send in masters, some are female, some are male. Yeah. Um, so... The, the, we sent out this energy from Holston down, and if I was to guess, I'd say it was around 2008, but I, I could be wrong there. Um, a colleague of mine has just nodded and given me the thumbs up, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm right on that. And within hours, though, Gav, of us doing that, there was a spate of sightings across the UK, which the Sun newspaper the next day described as the biggest spate of UFO sightings across Britain. Yeah. And it started, and this is my point, very close to Holston Down, actually. There were some sightings in Devon itself, but not by our people and not by anyone who even knew what we were doing, um, just reporting them all the way up to the north of England and throughout the country over that weekend. And that's, if you like, I think a small example and too much to be a coincidence. If you take a step towards them, then they'll take two towards you. And on a much more important level, actually, than UFO sighting, if you cooperate directly with a craft, satellite number three, and send energy for the betterment of the world, then they are more able to, to better the world themselves. It's a, the whole strategy, if you like, is for us to be as proactive as we can. I mean, people like yourself, with your journal and with your podcast, who are putting out in an open-minded way this kind of knowledge, allowing it to, to be... Uh, promulgated, if you like, are helping their plan because you're allowing the truth to grow and truth always wins in the end, despite all appearances to the contrary. We are ready. The planet is ready. I think that the governments know this and more than ever, we are getting little bits of information that the United States Air Force, United States Navy, the FBI have been investigating these. There's more and more evidence to support now that we are certainly not alone. And someone has been taking a very, very big interest in what we're doing. As you said, we can help ourselves by having an open mind. But the more that door is closed, the worse it's going to get for us. So, you know, there is nothing wrong in just investigating this. Like, for example, reading one of your books or studying the work of Dr. George King. Just find out a little bit about it. There's nothing wrong in doing that. And you might actually find in your own way you're helping the world. Now, yeah. If they have the technology to help us, why don't they help us sort out the problems of the world or do they want us to kind of work it out for ourselves? You know, I, I always come back because I used years and years ago as a school teacher, actually, in Fulham. And I, I always come back to the thing that, you know, if parents or teachers did the homework of their children who were yeah. learning or every night the children would absolutely learn nothing and in a way it's, it's a description of karma as well you know what we we have to these experiences are given to us and it's sometimes hard to believe it when you see some of the terrible things that happen in our world uh, in order to learn yeah. and they can't intervene beyond a certain point 
there will come a time when they will land openly. I, I do believe there'll be a coming of another master and that master will land openly and prove himself beyond all doubt to everybody uh, and, and he will be unstoppable. I think that will happen. But when that happens, it'll be, you know, a bit late for most, for a lot of people. I mean, it'll be what has been described as the sorting. You know, the sorter, the sorting, if you like, of the wheat from the chaff. And it's not something we want to, you know, bring about before everyone's ready or as many people as possible are ready for it. Um, you know, but that aside, they can't you know, come and sort out all our problems without interfering with us and taking away the thing which is most valuable to us of everything painful though it can be at times which is experience so they have to tread this very delicate line and they follow it exactly um, the, and by they I'm referring to people from this beings from this solar system um, there are hostile beings outside of this solar system who we are protected from if we weren't it would have been over a long time ago as I said at the beginning but they follow the, the laws very carefully. So they'll send their emissaries, be it Jesus, be it Buddha, be it Krishna, be it another great intelligences at certain times in history to teach us, to help us. Uh, they will suffer for us. I mean, if you take Jesus, just for example, terrible um, suffering that he went through, that he chose to go through, could have stopped it, but chose to go through it. Um, and, and they'll do this, but... We have to learn the lessons. We And the more we do, then the more they can help us, the closer they will come, and eventually there will be that coming. But in the meantime, we want as many people as possible to be ready. I mean, there's a reason why there's an increased number of uh, UFO and flying saucer sightings in this period. It's because of this, this great change which is going on, and this great change has to do with the Mother Earth, and she is changing. And this is going to bring, as I mentioned earlier, a sorting uh, in, in biblical terms. It's a sorting of the wheat from the chaff. But, you know, our will, our desire is uh, for, to use a biblical phrase, for the chaff to become wheat, you know, so, so that as many people as possible inherit this great new age when it comes. Can I just ask, what would happen to the chaff in that scenario? Well, it won't be fiery hell and damnation at all okay. it's not a question of people going to a place called hell which is very unpleasant and you're prodded by you know a horned being or anything like that what we believe will happen is that when this final sorting takes place and for all i know it it it's my personal belief uh, gavin that this has been delayed uh, that it could have happened by now and there are many prophecies from many traditions from Mayan to Nostradamus to biblical to Hindu to astrological who've pinpointed the period we're in now I think the Mayan calendar would have already finished actually by now uh, and it and and this dire sorting would have happened already I think it's been delayed I think it's being still being delayed um, and the more spiritual actions we all take. And I don't get me wrong, it's we don't see the Ethereum Society as like the only way to do good or the one and only true religion or anything like that. We're here, I'm here, because I believe it's the, the most effective thing that we can do. But it's not the only thing we can do. If I thought something else was more effective, I'd be somewhere else, obviously. But yeah. people can make their choice, and many people in different ways are doing great good and the more that happens the more opportunity is being given being given to what if you want to use the phrase the chaff and the chaff you know would be those people who even after proof beyond all doubt is given to them by an open coming of an extraterrestrial intelligence would still reject it and then what would happen to them we believe at that point which may be hundreds of years off i don't know they would then go to another world, such people, because they would have chosen to, to relive their experience in a different way. In other words, you could just say they're just not ready, even when it's proven to them beyond all doubt, it's in their face, they still don't really choose to accept it. And then 
they would have to go and, and learn. And the reason they'd have to leave this earth is because this earth is going to change. And this earth has already started to change. And there's a heightening of vibration. Uh, there's an increase in the sort of uh, output of spiritual energy on this earth, to this earth and from this earth as a living being. Her initiation has taken place. It hasn't manifested yet, but it will. And so it will become really very difficult uh, for such, uh, for all of us to a degree, actually. We're all going to yeah. have to up our game. But it will be just, you know, unacceptable to certain people. They wouldn't gain the experiences they've chosen that they think they want here. And, and so they go somewhere else. So it wouldn't be a punishment, but it would certainly be a tremendous shame because those of us who don't take this opportunity when it comes and it's it's in the process of coming will be turning away from the most fantastic um, uplift, spiritual uplift. It's, it's very much what, what we need as a race. Now, just to elaborate a little bit more, tell us about the Earth. You believe she's alive and she's received an initiation from intelligences from other worlds, yeah? Absolutely. The thing with, you know, through the ages, I mentioned, there's been lots of prophecies. It's something I've looked at in quite a bit of depth from numerous cultures, and they, they've all agreed on one or two salient factors. Uh, some of them say the end of the world is coming, like the Mayans and so on, and some just say it's going to be a dire catastrophe, and then you've got the Book of Revelation, and you've got uh, you know, Old Testament prophecies and Hindu and so on. But they're agreed on certain things that, you know, that it's there's going to be this, call it a sorting, if you like, and there's going to be a sort of a denouement. And it's almost if you look at some of like some of the Native American traditions, for example, it almost reads as though the the divine force, whatever name you give that force, has lost patience and had enough with humanity and said enough. That's it can't put up with this any longer those who don't cooperate are out and those who do will have a glorious wonderful new age after a period of turbulence that's me summarizing it in rather a crass way but that's a summary of dozens of different philosophies from various places who've never heard of each other and they're agreed on these these sort of salient points what it seems to me that they've all missed is why the idea that a divine force would suddenly say, well, that's it. I've put up with this for a long time and now I've had enough is absurd. You know, a divine force wouldn't operate in that manner, whatever you believe that divine force to be. And in the ethereal society, we believe it to be way above personality, uh, even the personality of a, of a God, a God like being like a Jesus or a Krishna. It's above and beyond that. Yeah. Uh, it's a law. It's not going to uh, just say, OK, folks, you, 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 you've gone too far now, enough, you're out and you're in. There's a reason for this change. And this reason, in my opinion, has been given solely through the Ethereum Society in any depth. There have been others who've, who've hinted at it and brought out certain aspects of it. And the reason isn't to do with humanity at all. The reason it is to do with the planet. I say at all, it affects us totally, but it's to do with the planet, the Mother Earth, as a living intelligence who's had to put up with the most terrible behaviour, to put it bluntly, yeah. um, for centuries. Now, thankfully, lots of people are waking up to this in the ecological side. Dr. King was a supporter of ecology oh, 50, 40 years ago, maybe 50 years ago, before it was really well-known thing at all. But generally, ecologists and campaigners are looking at it from the perspective of humanity alone. You know, our children, our grandchildren. Generally, they're not looking at it from the perspective of the Mother Earth as a living intelligences. Some cultures have the ancient Greeks, just to name one held her in high regard, Gaia, they yeah. called her. Yeah. Um, but generally, they haven't. It's all about her as a living being. In fact, she's more important than humanity combined, if it comes to it. We, we are virtually the, the insect life on her back, the microbes. She is va a, a vast intelligence, and she is an intelligence, we believe, of tremendous compassion. 
and she has put up with this for a long time. She's still putting up with it now, but sooner or later, it will have to come to an end for her sake. And that's been the missing link in all these prophecies I've mentioned. She has to go forward into a blaze of glory, into a great spiritual new age. It's her new age. It's not our new age, really. It's her new age. But we have the opportunity to be there and benefit from it with her. Yeah. That's I like, incredible. I like to see it in a really positive way, Gav. You know, lots of people yeah. like, they put a negative thing on. If you read the book of Revelation or some things, you might think, oh my God, you know, once you've worked your way through the many complicated things in it, I'm, you know, it's a great thing in a way, but as often a sort of doom and gloom, foreboding, ominous thing. But actually, it's a wonderful thing. And the fact that if I'm right, and it, and I do believe it has been extended, and I, I think not least as, as a result of the mission of Dr. George King and the Ethereum Society that he started and the, and the cooperation we are still doing on a regular basis with beings from other worlds, you know, I think that's helped tremendously to give more and more people the opportunity to change. Don't get me wrong, they wouldn't have to you know, become a card-carrying member of the Ethereum Society. They might not have even heard of us yeah. in order to change. They could change in many ways. Um, there are some wonderful things going on on this planet, but this will prepare them for, if you like, qualifying, if, if that's the right word, or being ready, I think is a better way of looking at it, for this great new age when it comes. And it will be her, the Mother Earth's new age. Well, as I said, for a couple of hours on reading a book or visiting a website or listening to this podcast, you haven't really got anything to lose. Worst case, you're prepared and ready and you have the knowledge for these incredible positive changes. Worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. You die and nothing really mattered anyway. Yeah. And it's important. And I and I sincerely hope we have a lot of listeners from all over the, over the world to go out and read Richard's material, read his books, because as I said, th this information is incredible. You know, this information, a lot of it, you're hearing for the first time, a lot of the listeners out there. And for the sake of reading a book, it could change your life for the better forever. And not just for you, but for everyone. So many speak about the coming of a next master to earth. Do we know who it will be, when and how they will come? Um, I think... There are those who claim they know. I don't think anybody knows who exactly it will be. But it will be an interplanetary master. Um, it will be a master who will have great power. I mentioned earlier the masters who've come, such as Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, I believe Dr. King, and, and several others. They came in great limitation. They were born through the womb of women um, on Earth, Earth women. And they... Um, in, lived as human beings and that was all part if you like again of the karmic manipulation which enabled them to do so very much good for us because they accepted what was to them a terribly gross limitation i mean it'd be something rather like you know you or i taking on the body of perhaps a pig or something and living in a sty and yeah. trying to help pigs you know who understand are very psychic by the way pigs but it's not our would be our choice to do that. Uh, yeah. It's that that noble. But this intelligence who comes, and I, I, I don't know who it will be. I, I don't think it is known. Uh, in some way, I won't say it doesn't matter, but I think, you know, there are different masters who could do it. Um, but it will be someone very appropriate, somebody that is connected in some way to this this world or to the people on this world. But this time, though, he'll come openly. This time he'll have the power. This time he'll be able to prove himself quite easily. Uh, if anyone, for example, tried to crucify him, they would come a cropper. He could easily sort that out, and he would. Um, and, and so the purpose there is, as, as I mentioned, to prove to everybody the truth. And so people who then don't change or try to change, they are what I referred to earlier is that they're the people, the chaff, if you like, who, who are refusing to be wheat because they could be. Everybody can change. We all can change. Um, 
and and they would they would then have chosen to go to this other world and and relive their experience there but that's what we are working hard one of the things we're working hard to try and change to prepare as many people as possible and not just prepare people by talking to them or or or, you know reading letting them read or what have you but also by sending out energy which can inspire people who might not even know know, the source of their inspiration you know you can affect people everybody can heal everybody can pray you know you could just raise your hands visualize white light i mean try it And, and you could either say a prayer or just make a request you could make it to god if you don't wish to make it to god you can make it to brahma or you could make it to the divine architect whatever phrase you want to use but you can send energy out now that might go to somebody who could save their life yeah. they won't know you won't know but that could happen what can we do to be more in tune with the earth's gradual energy release and how can we help her what a wonderful question i also i think is one of the best questions I've ever been asked on a radio interview. How can we help her? One way we can help the Mother Earth is to spread these truths like seeds abroad. The more we talk about her true nature, her true essence, she's not just a lump of rock. She's a living, compassionate intelligence. We should have her permission before we drill for oil. Yeah. You know, we, 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 and if we can't get her permission, then we should work our, our, you know, jolly hard until we're able to approach the right sources and, and, and not do anything until then. You know, we should have great respect for her as this living intelligence. We should, you know, send her our thanks. There's a practice that people can do, which is called the violet flame practice. Now, this is for our benefit, it's not for her benefit. But if you visualize a violet flame coming up through you from the Mother Earth, it's a very protective practice, actually. Uh, It doesn't burn you, but you just visualize it's coming up all the way up through and above you. It's a very protective, beautiful practice. You can spend some minutes doing it. And it will start, if you do that regularly, to, to, to bring a greater attunement to the Mother Earth. Uh, I think it's uh, everything we can do for her. I mean, one thing we can do for her every day is bless her. Not that she needs our blessing, but it would just be a very good thing to do. It's a sign of appreciation and it will help to bring a karmic balance. There's a a gross karmic imbalance at the moment in that we have a massive debt to her and she goes on giving. She's not really receiving much from us. She goes on giving. And yeah. the humanity's attitude is just let's take whatever we can get from her. And we need to change that balance. So it's sending her energy. It's t- speaking the truth about her, having more reverence for her, becoming more attuned to her, for example, through this practice I mentioned. And there are, there are numerous other things that the Ethereum Society does. I mean, we, we actually do a mission in which we send energy directly to her. I say we do. Uh, we aren't able to. We're not uh, advanced enough to send an energy that would be very, very uh, valuable to her. But we work with beings who are, and that energy is sent to her. Because humans are working with these beings at certain specific times and places, this is a direct karmic, again, a karmic manipulation where we are just a little bit balancing out this gross debt that we have to this planet upon which we live what a beautiful world it would be richard if all of us got together and gave that energy back to the world and it'd be Mm. a symbiotic relationship oh yeah where we're giving and taking giving and taking in harmony in happiness and that relationship you know Mm. would help us solve so many problems without intergalactic or alien help because if we put that focus back onto the planet there'd be less war less famine less poverty and all all that bad stuff because we would work out how to fix it and this interview i think is probably one i've conducted hundreds over my career in different aspects and i think this is one of the most powerful and important interviews i've ever conducted 
don't take my word for it. Don't even take Richard's word for it. Just go out there and just do some research on this. You know, it's out there. So, Richard, where can our listeners get your book and how can they contact you? I've got a website, which is richardlawrence.co.uk. People are welcome to contact me. I strongly recommend the Ethereum Society website. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S dot org. And obviously my books are on Amazon as UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. And there's another one, Contacts with the Gods from Space, which I co-authored with Dr. King. And it came out in a new edition a couple of years ago pathway to the new age uh, and in there as well as a lot of the writings of dr king himself you've got transmissions actually in both the books you have what we call transmissions which are uh, extracts from the communicators themselves so you can hear how they put it whether it be the master theorist who puts it in a most wonderful compassionate very explanatory way or perhaps a slightly more austere delivery of maybe of another communicator. They they all have their own characteristics. These masters aren't all the same. They've got more character probably than than we have as, yeah. as human beings. But they all work together. Uh, I mean, the, you know, there is an interplanetary parliament. Uh, we that's our word, parliament. But they they gather together and cooperate together. We are the the ones that you know are aren't doing this. And the time will come when we will. And that's also going to be part of the great new age upon Earth. We're coming towards the end of the interview now. And what I'd very graciously ask for is just one final thought for all our listeners. Just one final idea or just to help our listeners, you know, in life. What I'd say is that we all have unlimited potential. In fact, the last book Dr. King wrote and it was finished posthumously with his permission, notarized permission by myself, was called Realize Your Inner Potential. As a part of you which knows, as a part of you which knows the truth, uh, you know, there can be intellectual examination, that can be helpful. But there's also the intuition. And I would, le I would learn to follow that. And I'd say one thing. We can get it wrong. But the intuition is always right. We can be wrong in the way we interpret it or the way we receive it or most commonly the way we ignore it. But the intuition itself, that higher part of our being, that is always right. Richard, you're one of the most remarkable people I've ever, ever spoken to in my life. And I, and I, and I can't praise you enough for the work you were doing. So kind of you, Kev. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. You are welcome back anytime. And can I just let all our listeners know that Richard often writes for the Paranormal Chronicles free magazine. So if you want to read more as well, go to www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine and links to his books are there to the website. A bit more information about Richard, but go to his website, read his books, find out more. This is important stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Richard. And thank you for the very open-minded interview and the way you've conducted it. There we have it. What do you think? Are alien intelligences here to help? Could we use Richard's message to help our planet and ourselves and have advanced aliens welcome us into the fold? One thing is sure, the human race needs help now more than ever. Please contact Richard Lawrence at www richardlawrence.co.uk for further information. Just ask in a few questions and learning may save us all. If this interview has captured your imagination, then please read UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, Unlock Your Psychic Powers, and Contacts with the Gods from Space. These are truly fascinating reads. I hope that something amazing happens to us as a human race soon. It would be such a shame if we just vanished in a blink of an eye. Look how perilous a thread we dangle upon when you examine the true significance of how bad the Chernobyl disaster could have affected the world. Richard has written outstanding articles for the Paranormal Chronicles free digital magazine. The magazine is free, no sign-up, no subscription, no details needed. Just 175 free pages of information for you. So visit www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. It's free and features articles and knowledge from great minds like Richard Lawrence in every edition. If you need more UFO and alien information in your life, then listen to our episodes such as UFOs, The Truth from David J. Moore, 
terrifying UFO encounters with Kevin Malick, How Old is Humankind from Dave Dominguez, and a recent incredible episode from John H.K. Fisher entitled Aliens, Gods or The Matrix. If UFOs and aliens are not your thing, then download our shows on Bigfoot, ghosts, demons, psychic children and owlmen and press follow so you never miss a thing. Do me a favour too, share this series to your friends. Thank you so much. Let me leave you with this. This is not a religious show, but I just wanted to pick up on something Richard mentioned and quotes in his book UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. It's Matthew chapter 2 verse 9 through to 11. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts, golds, and frankincense, and myrrh. We all know the story, but what was the star of Bethlehem? Sleep well. <laughs>